some attempts at relaxing prove quite taxing. No joke. The Outline World Dispatch. Monday, May 22nd, 2017. I'm Adrian Jeffries. Today on The Dispatch. Tim Donnelly with Trump's Trinkets. The way that they're campaign fundraising is out of the ordinary. And Derek Gallo with the weather. The weather isn't small talk. And William Turton with a pizza box. This isn't just the pizza box for the sake of a pizza box. Here's the dispatch. Power. Bucking tradition, President Donald Trump announced his re-election campaign just one month into his presidency. According to Politico, he raised $13.2 million for the re-election bid in the first three months of this year. Writer Tim Donnelly reported last week that some of the campaign's money is actually coming from Trump Tower itself. Hey, Tim. Hi, Jen. How you doing? Good. So what brought this story to your attention? So I have a, a friend whose dad is a tour guide, and he does tours for high schoolers and student groups that are in town, and they do kind of the generic sightseeing thing. And he said that these, these, these uh, middle schoolers, the 12 and 13-year-olds, came back to the group with bags from Trump Tower, and they had bought some hats for their parents back in Texas or whatever, you know, the, the Make America Great Again hats. And um, he, they, told, he, they were surprised that they had to hand over some personal information when they bought them, like, you know, their names and their email addresses and their, and their home addresses and everything. Um, and he thought, it, he, he thought it sounded suspicious. So I, I started digging into it and found out that it, it's not uh, anything out of the ordinary but for campaign fundraising, but the way that they're campaign fundraising is out of the ordinary. Yeah, and what makes it out of the ordinary? I mean, I I know like Hillary doesn't have her own her own store, but she was selling like campaign merchandise, like t-shirts and hats and stuff. What makes it so unusual is that it's it's kind of like peddling this merchandise just like it's it's tour souvenir. So, you know, instead of going to hillaryclinton.com to buy your campaign merchandise, um, the Trump the Trump campaign is actually selling stuff in a store in the middle of Manhattan, kind of, kind of, uh, you know, slightly disguised as mementos and, and, but they're really just, it's just campaign fundraising. It's just all the money that they're making off of these hats and other stuff, you know, goes directly to the reelection campaign. So you were in the store. What was it like in there? Was it busy? Yeah, it's like a little stand. It's not quite a full store. It used to be the sweet shop, which is, I mean, it's so funny how much, you know, we forget how tacky Trump Tower is. It's just like this little you know, tourist trap kind of, it, it was, and they would sell Trump branded uh, jelly beans and chocolates and whatnot. And so they just kind of like covered up the sweet shop sign with a bunch of merchandise. And now it's like this little stand that sells campaign stuff. And so it was, it was pretty, it was, there was about, you know, five or six people milling about looking at the stuff. A couple of people were buying things. They just seemed like tourists. They just seemed like, you know, your average midtown tourist. Are there signs that say, if you buy a hat, you're donating to Trump's re-election campaign. Is that something that's communicated in the store? It doesn't say that directly. Um, and I think that, you know, it'd be really easy to overlook the signs that they do have there. You know, one of the signs says, uh, I'll read you what it says. It says, only location in New York City to sell official, in all caps, Donald J. Trump for president merchandise. And then under that, there's a sign that says, Federal law states that contributions from corporations, labor unions, national banks, and foreign nationals, blah, 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 and federal government contractors are prohibited. But it doesn't say, nowhere does it say this is a contribution to Donald Trump's re-election campaign. 
you know, I had to, I had to ask a spokesperson for, from the Trump organization just to confirm that. What did the forms ask for exactly? They're pretty basic. They're, they're just kind of like name, uh, address and, uh, email address. You know, you have to be an American citizen to fill them out because foreigners can't donate to election campaigns. Yeah. So you mentioned in the story that you didn't confirm if the girls had to show ID, but based on the fact that they're 12 and 13, they probably don't have driver's licenses. Is there a potential FEC violation? That's a good question. I I think it's the same level of scrutiny. I don't know how much they actually police that stuff. You know, if I, if I'm a Canadian citizen, right. And I want to buy a make America great again hat and have it sent to my friend in you know, in Wisconsin, I could do that. You know, that I don't think that they're going to, you know, the FBI is going to break down your door. The FEC is going to break down your door. So what was what was for sale in the in the stand and and how much was everything priced? So they've got um, the Make America Great Again hats for $30. The USA, which is his new one, is $40. And they also had some shirts and, you know, sweatshirts, hats like knit hats. It's kind of funny. You can't really tell like what's official campaign merchandise and what's not because there's still some chocolates in there. Um, there's some shirts that just say New York and like Trump Tower, but that and like a stuffed teddy bear. But that's that's not official campaign merchandise. But it's all kind of just like mixed together there. Thank you so much, Tim. No problem. Thank you. Culture. At the risk of sounding like a simpleton or a stoner or both, I offer you this declaration. Weather is life, and it's okay to talk about it. The weather controls what we eat, what we wear, how we move through the spaces we call our homes, how we interact with the people around us. We've got that risk of storms from Savannah, Georgia, up to Baltimore, Maryland, and southern New Jersey. On the radar, you can see that firing up as we start to look for some heavy rain. For some people, like meteorologists and farmers, The weather is directly tied to livelihood. But even beyond that, all of our lives are at the mercy of whatever developments come to us from the sky. A shift in air pressure can lead to literal destruction, just as easily as it can make everyone on your morning commute a little more pleasant than usual. I think it's going to be Harrisonburg, Virginia. Mm -hmm. Not too far away. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Just a little to the north. Mm -hmm. The weather, when it's good and especially when it's bad, is an egalitarian topic of conversation. And the rain's coming down a little harder now. Have we got a, a broadcast meteorology student from Penn State? What's your name? Uh, I'm Brad. Okay, what's the, what's the forecast look like? Uh, well, it looks like it's raining here in New York. Okay, you need to, I think your parents can feel pretty good about what they're spending. Still, chatting about the weather has been reduced to the often maligned social convention of small talk. The weather's inevitable, which on the one hand makes it important, but on the other makes it kind of mundane. But if there's anything we all should be able to talk about all the time and without guilt, it's the weather, even if only for the small joy of remembering that there's a force larger and more important than you, or your public officials, or your creditors. When it comes to interactions with strangers, I'd rather spend a whole day stuck in an elevator talking about how lovely the breeze felt than, as I was recently, trapped for an hour on a train next to a passenger who asked me if I thought I was the good kind of tourists or the bad kind, whatever that means. A comment like, it's so nice out, or God, I can't believe this rain again, acknowledges a common presence in place, that you are not the only person who is alive and experiencing your environment. 
And Al, we had thunder snow here in Maryland. Our viewers all heard it all across the metro. Incredible. This storm is really strengthening. Did, did, now, did you do, did you do a, a, a Jim Cantori? I, I guess I need to come up with a thunder dance. I don't know how to top Jim's reaction. That's your challenge, Ava. Well, I want to see a thunder dance. And then, and then post it to, to hashtag Blizzard2016. If the people close to you are far away, talking about the weather can help you situate yourselves in each other's worlds. How's the weather there? is a close relative to how are you feeling and what's going on with you today. The answer to the first question so often informs the answer to the next two. In an era where everyone is constantly confronted with a slew of headlines detailing the many ways humans are making the world suck more, talking about the weather on a nice day can be a kind thing to do. And if you find yourself chatting about the weather with someone you soon discover is a climate change denier, chat on. Weather talk in that case becomes more than a pleasantry or a way to bond. It becomes a public service. You've got near blizzard conditions coming right around noon. You know that. I don't need to tell you. Snow and wind at 5 o'clock. But then the good news is you're out of it. Uh, we're, we're still going to be dealing with this for a while. The future. Last week, Wired published a big piece about Apple's new headquarters, Apple Park. But an offhand comment about an Apple-designed custom pizza box is what got tech blogs the most excited. William Turton got his hands on one. So William, last week you wrote about pizza box. Yeah, so I had a source at Apple ship me a pizza box. He actually overnighted it to me. Um, it was a pizza box that was patented by Apple and used exclusively at Apple's campuses uh, for the express purpose of transporting pizza back from Apple's posh cafe to your desk. Right. So if you ever asked yourself what would a pizza box look like if it were designed by the company that made the iPhone, there's actually an answer to that. Right. And it, and it looks almost how you would think about it. It's, you know, very simplistic. It kind of has this, like high-quality cardboard, it's circular, it has eight ventilation holes on the top, mm -hmm. made from entirely recyclable materials. Right, and the reason why we started talking about this pizza box was because of this story that was the cover of right. Wired right. this month. Yeah, so Wired had this huge cover story uh, uh, all about Apple's $5 billion new campus, this big kind of spaceship, um, it has all these kind of like ridiculous features like a $100,000 gym, wellness center. So there was an anecdote in this big wired feature story about the pizza box um, that kind of was the takeaway for all the tech blogs uh, from this big wired story. It was like, right. you know, so look like, at this. Yeah, the wired story is over 6,000 words. And usually when a big piece comes out like that, a lot of other blogs will try to find little interesting nuggets to pull out. Right. The pizza box definitely rained. I think just about every tech blog wrote it up, and some tech blogs wrote about it as if, you know, it was this new thing to go along with the multi-billion dollar campus. But Apple's actually had this pizza box for a while now. It's been around. They filed the patent in 2010. And, and remember, this isn't just the pizza box for the sake of a pizza box. This pizza box was designed to solve a problem at Apple. If you read the patent, right. it talks about how the ventilation holes at the top of the pizza box are designed so that moisture can escape from the pizza and so that the crust will still stay crispy. The patent was published in 2012. So, like, these pizza boxes are kind of, you know, iconic at Apple already. It's surprising that the last release was so long ago. 
right, they haven't I know. updated it. Right, and you know, a lot of Apple critics are upset. You know, the new Mac update wasn't great, and <laughs> they don't have high hopes for the next Pizza Box update either. Right. <laughs> That concludes The Dispatch. I'm Adrian Jeffries. Till tomorrow.